Hey, everybody. Yes, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast, the podcast where we give you everything about AdWords, everything about pay-per-click. We give you the whole minnow. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by, honestly, who I think is the greatest AdWords coach, AdWords trainer on the planet, despite the fact that he looks like a leprechaun had a baby with the 90s today, the Tommy Hilfiger green, Chris Schaefer, looking good, looking like a professional, like a dad. How's it going? You know, I looked in my closet and I thought, what should I wear today? And there it was. You know, I was like, well, I haven't worn that since college. Maybe I can slip that by. But Jason, uh, you did not let that happen. Thank you so much. Um, you, you were like, uh, wow, I haven't worn this since 1998 when I was a freshman in high school dating like three upperclassmen. So it's a good year, 98 <laughs> for you, Chris. Uh, yeah. Year. Happy happy August, everyone. Jason, I'm ready for fall. I never really look forward to summer because, you know, live in Texas and it's just crazy hot. It's been a hot summer. Are you are you ready for fall? You know, honestly, it hasn't been that bad here in Oklahoma. I can't really describe my mindset right now, Chris. I'm not ready. I'm just ready for whatever's coming at me. I'm kind of in the zone right now, wow. work-wise. Mm. And it's kind of just life-wise, just... When's the last uh, time you were very, outside? Very busy, two weeks. Like, do you go outside very much anymore? <laughs> yes, I... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to dignify that with an answer to that kind of question. So <laughs> just not going to dignify that. Um, so Chris, but yeah, we're all business today, man. We're just, we're so good at starting these off. We just, what are we going to talk about? Blah, 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 blah. I'm better than you. Blah, blah, blah. No, you're not. We're the same. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I forgot to ask you how you are. Like everything. Okay. You got back from vacation. All the clients still there. Work going good. Yeah, sure. I opened up my, uh, setup form again. You know, Jason, as you know, I, I turned off my intake for the month of July and it was wonderful to not have a bunch of account builds for the first time in many, many years. And uh, I turned it back on and got a flood of people filling out the form and, you know, back to the grind. That's what we do. But we take time off on Thursday afternoon to share just a tidbit of AdWords. And there are several tidbits. There are several things that uh, that are new and upcoming and could mean a lot. But Jason, I... Got an email late last night from you, and okay. it was sharing some thoughts you had about the big debate between you know some of the big providers of traffic in today's world, which is Facebook and Google. And I'd appreciate some thoughts. Share with me just how high of a level do you consider some of the traffic between these two sources? All right, Chris, you're you're poking me, you're triggering me, you're trying to get a reaction out of this millennial. But first, let me just say, I want to thank our sponsor, Directive Consulting. They're the go-to B2B and enterprise search engine marketing agency, PPC, SEO, content, however you want to dominate search and get more leads. Directive Consulting is our recommendation and our sponsor of the show, and we really appreciate it. Check out directiveconsulting.com. So Chris, you're right. You know, last night I showed you an email. Um, you and I always, we hear uh, a lot of things from clients. Besides, I hear you're great. You're getting me AdWords performance. You hear you're handsome. Thank you for letting me look at you during our training. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we hear a lot of things from our clients and we're in the same business and we both work for the same kind of clients mostly and the same part of AdWords. And we hear a lot of the same things. And one of the things we hear a lot is, hey, AdWords is 
it's going okay. We're getting leads, but hey, it's costing us a lot of money. Yeah, no dub because the leads are high quality. That's what I think to myself in my head. But yeah, so they they see the money coming out of their account every day or every week from uh, Google, and then they're on this other advertising platform, Facebook, which, oh, just click the like button. It's about friends and family. Oh, it's so cheery, happy place connect with your audience, blah, blah, blah. And one of the things you and I run into all the time is, hey, AdWords is going good, but hey, man, Facebook is just crushing it. And I need you to get results like Facebook is getting me because I'm getting so many likes there. I'm getting so many engagements. I'm just getting so much traction there and it's costing less. So what can you do about that, Mr. AdWords manager? Mm. Chris, that's something you run into too? Yeah, and what particularly upsets me is I hear something that is, you know, close to my heart. I hear them say, "Chris, my cost per click is like 10 cents." You know, my cost per click is like 15 cents, and I'm like, "Wow. In a world when traffic is at a premium, the fact that Facebook can deliver traffic at such low low costs is astounding. So this is this is where we get into the rub. Is there a way to qualify exactly the difference between these two uh, traffic sources? Because we obviously can't compare volumes because $10 in Facebook is different from $10 in AdWords because the cost per click is so different. So how do we qualify it? And I know from my clients, they've shared their analytics with me and I go in and I look at the traffic sources and I compare it and I see some very startling things. And that's what you started to see on your end is the way that we can classify whether traffic is truly being successful on one end and you know not successful on the other uh, is based on these analytics and specifically bounce rate, time on site, uh, new visitor percentages, number of pages viewed per session. These are numbers that can really tell a, the big story. And so what did you see? This I'm, I'm thinking about the email well, Chris, I read. I, what did you see? I'm not a hunter. I, I don't hunt. Maybe I would, but I, I just have never gotten off the dinner table for five minutes to stop eating the meat that the hunters bring to us. So this is that kind of situation here. I get told about Facebook all the time but I never get those stats. Okay. It's like the deer that you see as a hunter and then it just runs off before you can shoot it. I I always come close because they start talking about Facebook and how great it is. I'm like, no, it's not, but that's all all the conversation. That's the farthest it goes because I don't have the data. But last night the hunter found his deer. One of my clients sent me their Mm. analytics access and I got the data, Chris. Mm. And I was kind of like that friend that goes to the friend and it's like, Hey man, uh, your wife's cheating on you. And then they hate that friend. So I don't know where this is going to go with the client. I hope I did it in a respectful way. Honestly, I was a little fired up, but I hope I did it in a respectful way where they're like, Jason, thank you for saving me from Facebook and saving me all this money and getting me more leads on AdWords as opposed to you make me feel dumb because we were believing in Facebook. So we'll see what way it goes. But I just felt like I couldn't lie. I had to go with the truth, Chris. So I sent an email. Yeah, I was going to say, and the truth the truth was, what was the defining metric? Okay, well, the, tr- the truth is brutal. The truth was brutal. So the client said, hey, it's a mover. They're saying, hey, uh, AdWords is going good, but Yelp and Facebook are going great. Great. So I said, okay, let's investigate that. Went into Google Analytics, looked at the Yelp data, time on site, pages per visit. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll give you that one. Yelp is doing good. That kind of makes sense as a mover because Yelp is good for moving companies. Okay, whatever. But how much is coming from Yelp ad campaigns versus Yelp organic? We don't really know yet. But then I looked at Facebook, Chris, 
And over this time period, I think it was the last uh, couple weeks, Facebook has 955 visits. AdWords has about 40. So we're getting a ton of traffic. And that's where you could see them looking at their Facebook account going, wow, engagements, activity, however Facebook calls it. Okay, let's get to the main number in the room. Bounce rate, 96%. (laughs) Or round up 97%, Chris. Mm. So that means out of the 900 plus visitors, I don't know, maybe like all but seven of them bounced or something. And then it gets worse, in my opinion, because you could say, well, seven. Briefly, I just jump in here, just in case you don't know what Jason means by bounce rate. Bounce rate is a determination of uh, someone coming to the site and leaving immediately. An example would be someone clicking on the ad, seeing what they see on the page, and and leaving within moments, just a few seconds. No, seconds, seconds, seconds. So so we're talking about looking at one page, never clicking anything else, never, uh, let alone calling not any staying phone on the number. page yeah not staying on the page to call for a few minutes it's mm-hmm. just it's a bounce yeah. it's whoa this wasn't what i was looking for i was looking for pictures of my ex-girlfriend on facebook i'm bouncing like they're bouncing so chris 97 percent bounce rate and here here's a bad metric okay in my opinion even worse because you could argue okay three percent say it on the site that's out of a ton of clicks great okay but the average session duration Mm-hmm. This is this just quite frankly is embarrassing. Yeah, two seconds, two <laughs> seconds. That's the average. <laughs> the average. So so there's plenty of zeros in there. Like didn't even register. Like oop, didn't even mean to click oh. it or or like oh what? No, I don't. I didn't mean to do that. I mean, there's all kinds of zeros. So maybe it goes up to four seconds for some of the most successful ones, right. being four seconds. You know, a little slower to close the browser window. Right. So run that back against AdWords. 61% bounce rate. I'm not writing home about that, but hey. 60s are a healthy number. You're you're pushing yeah, into the 50s at campaign. that point. 50s are yeah. great numbers for bounce rates. So go Thank ahead. You. Thank you. Average uh, session duration, 5,000% better. Yeah. One minute. Two seconds versus uh, a minute, I think is 5,000%. Yeah. Or 3,000%. So 3,000% better, one minute average. So a minute's a long time. Yeah. Plenty of time to call, plenty of time to fill out a form, right. read some notes, watch you know some content on the site. I mean, whatever you have, that is engagement. I don't care what kind of definition a traffic source might call engagement. And engagement is not a click. Reading content and engaging with the site, that's engagement. So we're not saying Facebook doesn't work. Every time when I talk about Facebook, Chris, people send me emails and, hey, listen to this, watch this. This person's showing you how to get leads from Facebook. Okay, if Chris and I spent all our time on there, we could probably wiggle and figure out some way to do it, okay? Uh, maybe it works, especially in a lot of other industries besides moving. Uh, it's just a hard sell for me to wrap my mind around. Someone's on Facebook looking at pictures of the family barbecue, talking about politics, and then reminding themselves when they see an ad, oh, yeah, that's right, I'm moving across country tomorrow. I need to find a mover for that move. I just don't see moving leads working that way. So this was a mover. And again, maybe we're missing something. I'm always open to that. But if you're going to show me a 97% bounce rate, if you're going to show me two seconds average time on site, I'm just not going to see how that's working compared to Google AdWords. So that was one of the first times I had actually gotten my hands on hard, cold data. This is not to say Facebook doesn't work for other industries. It's not to say you can't get leads from it. There's tons of different strategies people have. But for us kind of Facebook novices, AdWords lovers, 
it kind of was a little bit refreshing to see. I got to be honest. And I'll tell you, I've been down the road too with clients that have told me, hey, I need you to get AdWords performing like my Facebook is. And I've been down the road and I've I've shed light on this before for my clients and showed them, look at your bounce rate. I mean, I don't, I don't know what your conversions are. I can't get that information, but the bounce rate time on site, I show that to them. And here's what I usually hear or find out. Okay, thanks, Chris. That's really interesting to know. But they're so hooked on that traffic number, on the number of clicks that they're getting, the number of sessions that are coming in. It's appealing and it's addictive, and they will continue to push traffic through Facebook knowing that 97% of the traffic immediately bounces. And then who knows what percentage of that final three actually do convert and call a phone number. So it's usually not even a happy ending of them saying, well, let's take our Facebook and double our, you know, our AdWords traffic. I mean, that's not even, that's not even the result. Usually it's just a. That's, that's so spot on with the words addictive and they'll continue it despite the irrationality of it, despite the data. You and I, we post things on the uh, Facebook page for Paid Search Podcast. Some of them get a lot of likes. When they get a lot of likes, I get emails. I get messages on Facebook from Facebook saying, hey, Jason, this is one of your best performing posts. You could get in front of 9,000 more people and show them this great performing post for another $15. And it's, it is. Your mind starts going, you know what? That is a good post. I made a cool graphic there. Let's show people who might be interested in AdWords our ad. And Yes, it has to be working for someone, and we're open to that, but you're right. In spite of horrible data, people will continue just because of that activity, just because of the likes that come in, just because of comments, engagements, traffic. And Facebook is really, really good at pulling money out of your wallet, basically, with emails, with notifications. I'm sure they test all the copy and conversion rates in those, Chris. They're they're really good at what they do. Yeah. And, you know, it's it feels a whole lot more tangible when you have likes and views and engagements and comments and shares, all these different ways that that can be measured for the reaction of one ad. But in AdWords, you get impressions and clicks and conversions if you're tracking those. So it is it's kind of like the pretty balloon in the room uh, among the practical AdWords engine that Jason and I both believe in so much. Chris, did you um did you read my last newsletter about my lead I got from AdWords? You know, that was so long. It took me five minutes to scroll and not even read it. I mean, wow, okay. no. I immediately Well, for every, everyone, everyone else on the planet <laughs> that wants to learn something, Rothman PPC <laughs> newsletter, Google it. Uh-huh. I wrote about how it's not about traffic, Chris. It's about marketing, finding that exact right person. I spent $8 on a broad click, Chris. And like, it's just a story in this email and I'll put it on my site eventually about how I just found the perfect agency partner for my service and we're going to make a ton of money together. And it wasn't rewarding to not get traffic for a few days, to not get any kind of engagements or whatever. But once I did get in front of that right person, it's all about business. It's about the bottom line. It's about making money. So Mm. if you're into that, that's why we just think AdWords is so powerful compared to all this traffic stuff, you know? Yeah. All right. So we'll uh, we'll get off of our, our hate train. I don't mean to bash Facebook. I don't personally use it much or enjoy the platform. But as an advertiser, I realize that it does work for some. And it, it's just not a system that I have, you know, almost 15 years of 
time invested into. So I, I just don't uh, don't right. put a lot of uh, trust into the system at this point, especially with those stocks. You know, those stocks just dropping. But uh, all right, so let's move on here, Jason. There's been some stuff. Are you okay? You ready to move on? Do you feel I like just, we've- dude, I my Facebook. I don't want to be a hater, but like you talked about their stock. We're just at a conundrum here because the platform is powerful because they get a bunch of data about you. People who track your location on apps sell that to third parties and then they buy that from third parties. People track where you spend your credit cards and then Facebook buys that and they've stopped doing that in Europe recently. I was reading an article about it this morning and that's how their targeting was so good. Yeah. But the world is kind of going in the direction of, hey, you're not supposed to have all that data on me. And if we start going yeah. in that direction and they make it more user-friendly, the advertising is not going to be as strong. So that's a big conundrum there, and that's why their stock dropped. So, but yeah. you're right. We, it's time to time to move on. So, Chris, we have our own traffic problems in average, <laughs> okay, if we're, going to be, right. if we're going to be honest about things. Client sent me an email last night they got from Google, and I just hit the roof. I was like, what is going on? So, Chris, just to get – I'd never even heard of this. I, I sent it to you. Yeah, I hadn't heard it yet of it yet. I sent it to you. You hadn't heard of it. But it's real. I mean, we saw it right there in an email from Google. And the gist of it, uh, this is something we don't talk about a lot, but we've talked about it before if you're a longtime listener. It's one of the best tips we've given on this show. Google display campaigns, whether it's remarketing or not, any kind of display, we've talked about the placement exclusion called adsenseformobileapps.com. And what that one placement exclusion will do is it'll block your display ads from showing up inside of apps. And Chris and I have seen, we've looked at the placement data for lots of different display campaigns we've run. One thing you and I, we just don't like seeing is an HR enterprise software consultant client showing up on a bunch of apps like Candy Make Love to Me 2002 or <laughs> Dancing with the Stars Video Virtual 1973. Like we just toddler balloon sparkle pop. bedazzle. <laughs> yes, yeah. the kid ones are the worst. Like, the toddler people, ones get like, the little... highest click-through rates. It's like toddler app click-through <laughs> rate is like 70% click-through rate. You know, and it's just like that, that is so horrible. It's yeah. they're on their parents' iPad or whatever, and they're so anyway, what this is, it's your display ads showing up inside of apps. And what people do is they go they look at their placements and they go, Oh, toddler app, whatever, I don't like seeing that. I'm gonna exclude that one app. Then they come back the next day and there's another 10 apps they showed up on. So one of the secrets of the business, don't disclose the business, Chris, is that you and I like going into client accounts going, hey, I see you've added hundreds of manual placement exclusions for all these different apps. I'm a pro. Let me tell you about this Google Ads or whatever it is that will take care of all your apps going for. And oh, you're so smart. I want to hire you. Yeah. Don't disclose the business. Okay. But I just did. Yeah. But it's one of our little things we like to show off. But Chris, we got an email and I need to read the whole thing again just to figure it out for sure. But basically the gist I got was that you're no longer going to be able to add that AdSense for mobileapps.com overall placement exclusion and just straight up block showing your ad in apps. Is that how you read it? Yeah. I mean, of all the emails that you get, this one was the shortest, briefest email that gives the least explanation about you know, here's what you need to know about it, and here's how it'll affect you, and here's how you can you know change your strategy based on. The, it was nothing. It was like, hey, we're getting we're getting rid of this. 
Uh, Google.com. You know, it was Chris, like, can I crack you up? That was all. What's changing? In September 2018, the AdSense for mobile apps.com exclusion and the GMob mobile app non-interstitial exclusion will no longer be available within Google Ads. Here's what cracks me up. Device settings will also be consolidated into three device types, computer, mobile, and tablet. Oh, dude, that's what we're already doing. Yeah, that's not even you new. You already can break up your, your device types into computer, mobile, and tablet. I, believe me, I, know, I absolutely know for certain that you cannot just block mobile and expect mobile apps to stop because what they should have said, maybe this is a mistype, but it should have said there will now be a bidding option for desktop tablet mobile and mobile apps i'm hoping okay. it was a they miscommunicated in that email because that's what it should have been it should have been a device 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 and then device network bidding option that you can change but, well, we'll, but we'll that's see. not what they're saying I mean, maybe we'll get lucky and they'll have a different way of doing it because it says as a result of these updates you may see a significant increase in mobile apps traffic or mobile web traffic depending on your current settings yeah so maybe there's a way to block apps specifically going Maybe they'll put something in, but this has me nervous, Chris. Oh, this is huge. Yeah. Yeah, this is big because I run remarketing campaigns for my own business. Our listeners have seen my face out there that everyone's probably seen my remarketing ads because I do not put a cap on the impressions. I just, I I blast people, Chris. Like you come to my website, you're just going to get ruined for the next 30 days. Um, But anyway, I get direct conversions from that campaign as we talked about before. From desktop, but also from mobile, Chris. So I want mobile remarketing, but I don't want apps. And that's why I have that placement exclusion. But it, I don't want to have to choose between mobile overall and mobile showing up with apps. I don't want to have to make that choice. Now, what, what Google would say, I think, is they wouldn't say anything. They would just like disappear me from my house right now. Yeah. Like just Or my <laughs> office complex I work at. They're not going to say anything. They would just anything. disappear me uh, and be like, dude, why are you talking about this? But respectfully... I'm talking about it because we want control uh, of where, where we show up. And I think the argument they would make is, hey, if you're doing a remarketing campaign, the whole point is to get in front of people who've been to your site. So why not show up in apps where maybe you can get a cheaper click? And yeah, I see the, I you're still showing up to people who, who are on your list and I get that, but it's just a personal preference yeah. thing. I mean, you and I just, we don't run app campaigns, or at least I'll speak for myself. I, I don't ever do that. I don't really use apps that much. I'm not into it. And I just don't want to show up there and not have control. It's all about control. Yeah. It's not so much for me, the remarketing. I will let mobile apps show up on remarketing. You know, okay. if we if we have plenty of budget to work with and it's just about volume. What I'm concerned about are the ones where I'm setting up a new display campaign and the client would like to show up uh, for a dentist or an eye doctor or something like that. And they want to do a display campaign for the people they can't reach on search. And what's scary to me is that I can no longer control how much of that display spend. That's not remarketing. That's just reaching out to people on a display campaign. I can't control how much of that is mobile. And I am not... You can't control how much of that is mobile or apps? Sorry, mobile apps is what I meant. You're right. Thank you. I can't control how much is mobile apps. And I am not going to become a daily grind of just going in and adding more and more mobile apps to all of my clients day after day. That is all your placement exclusions. Yeah, that is absolutely not. And, and it's not, I'm it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a work thing. I think what you're getting at is that that's a mountain that you never get to the top of. No, 
Uh, there's just so many no. apps out there. It just keeps coming and coming. Yeah, yeah. So I think, Jason, I know you are, and I'm certainly going to be contacting Google, and we will get to the bottom of this, and we'll come back to this on the podcast and let you guys know what we find, because um, I think of all the changes Google's made in the past year, I think this is one of the most upsetting ones, because if I sat and did nothing uh, for this, my clients immediately will see uh, their campaigns affected. This is not like when they launched the expanded text ads. This is not like when mm. they redid the UI. This is not like any of the other things that they launched because this is something that will directly affect your campaign if you don't take action. And that's huge. Okay, and to, to be fair, Chris, this hasn't happened yet. To be fair, you and I haven't been in apps showing up on them in a long time so maybe they've changed how you show up in apps maybe it won't be as much as we had seen it before 100 percent of my income comes from google chris i'm very nervous right now <laughs> i want to see both sides of the thing <laughs> just being honest i don't like poking the big guy so i respectfully and to be on to be upfront with everybody chris we don't have to go to them they listen to this show yeah, we see where people listen to the show, and we get a lot of uh, listens from Mountain View, California. We see our, so, our top cities in Mountain View, so we know that you guys listen, and you don't and reach this out. Is, this is respectful feedback. You always ask for feedback on the platform. This is respectful feedback, and I think at this point, Chris, it's not to say, "Hey, please don't do this. Please don't do this." I think it's to say, "Hey, can you explain a little bit? Hey, what's going on? Hey, we're very nervous right now." Yeah. Um, and, and we'll see we'll see what happens. So, And the reason we're talking about it on the show is because Chris didn't know about it last night because he hasn't gotten the email yet. I didn't know about it until last night because I hadn't gotten the email yet. One client happened to randomly forward this to me. We know about it. We like sharing the insider as much knowledge as we can about AdWords with you guys, the hardcore AdWords listeners. That's why you listen to the show. So this is September 2018, and this is just something to be – prepared for. And when we get an update on it, we'll uh, we'll share it with you guys. So, Chris, we're going to get into I think the last thing here we had a we had a mediocre thing to talk about, Chris, that rhymed with dad take off the D and it was a certain kind of ad trying to do a little insider. That's super funny. That's why people you. tune in. And right you know there. what? <laughs> That's funny stuff. Chris, let's just let's just cut that out cuz honestly it wasn't interesting and we're going to go into the most interesting thing I think of this episode, the audience overlays. But before we do that, Chris, before we do that, I want to take a second to talk about a sponsor you and I are very proud to have Directive Consulting, directiveconsulting.com. They are a B2B and enterprise search marketing agency. So they work with business-to-business clients and large enterprise clients. They do PPC, they do SEO, they do content. So if you want to dominate search engine marketing, this is your agency. On their website, they have case studies. One of the case studies is about Pelican cases. Uh, They are a B2B company, and they needed to get more leads, more leads from B2B. They sell industrial cases. They need to get in front of more businesses. So what they did is they looked online, they vetted a lot of different agencies, and they chose Directive. Directive was able to get a 208% conversion rate increase. Chris and I have seen these before. They do happen when you go into an account that is not run well, and then some experts come in there. You really can light things on fire in a good way. 208% conversion rate increase. Directive was able to do that through two ways. One is they refined their targeting. They showed up on better traffic, people who were actually interested and who actually could have the potential of buying products from Pelican. The other thing they did, which I think stands directive out from a lot of different agencies, is they created custom landing pages. 
that converted. So they did everything in-house. They were able to do the full circle from the click to the landing page to getting the sale. So custom landing pages, they do it all. Uh, we wouldn't be recommending them unless we thought they were as, as good as they say. You guys know that about us. So everyone, directiveconsulting.com, they are offering a free customized proposal to whatever you're looking for in the search engine marketing space. Go there, tell them Paid Search Podcast sent you, directiveconsulting.com. So now we are back. And Chris, we are going to get into the little part of the show that I call Jason's better than Chris, so he's going to train Chris on how to do his job. Wow. That, I've, I don't think we've ever had that uh We're going to get into the show part of the before. show where I call it training, and Chris specifically told, told me, me before the to. show. Yeah, I just said, Dude, let's not do it. that. Okay, Chris, it's just a joke. <laughs> I have puffed you up more than P. Diddy puffed up That's making true. the band in the That's 90s, true. okay? People call you and they go, Oh, is this the great Chris Schaefer? That's true. I just had to hire the great Chris Schaefer. You know why, buddy? It's because of, of you. Pimp. That's okay. true. I've, yes. Okay, so and one, have I, have the I one time. Have any payback yet? Uh, yeah. We'll see. You get to talk to me every Thursday. But uh, yeah, let's do it. I get to it. look at you. Let's and do that it. Tommy Hilfiger. Are you wearing the Tommy Hilfiger cologne, Tommy? I know. To go with the shirt? I, I didn't even know. Jason, I don't want to endorse okay. what it's shirt I'm wearing. said before the show, good you pod. Know? Gap pays me a lot of money to wear their clothes. I don't want them to know, you know, that I'm wearing Tommy. So go ahead. Okay, so Chris, I'm putting myself out there on a ledge, okay? Because with the new interface, there is a, we used to call it tabs at the top. I don't really know what we're calling it on the side, but the thing on the side with all the options. The navigation panel is what I call it in my training. But not the one on the far left, the light gray one, light gray navigation panel. There's a section there called audiences, Chris. And I don't think this has been around for a long time in search in terms of targeting in-market audiences on search. I'm pretty sure this is kind of new to the yeah, I'd say within uh, a year. new interface. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember the, the uh, announcement came out a while ago, like a year ago, but it didn't really come into my world until recently. So anyway... Chris, inside of the new interface, and I want to tell everyone about this because I think this is the most underrated, under-talked about thing of the new interface, hands down. On the light gray navigation bar, there's a section called audiences. Okay, Chris? And remarketing on search, remarketing list, search advertising, you add your remarketing list to the campaign, and then you show up when someone is A, on your remarketing list, and B types in a keyword or B types in a keyword and you at least get to see how your remarketing list compared to non-remarketing. That's been in there for a while. But the new thing, Chris, is when you go into audiences and you click the edit button, you have the option to add, quote unquote, someone who's interacted with your business, a remarketing or a similar list. Okay, that's we know about that. We've talked about that. The new thing, Chris, is you're able to add an audience that's in the market for a certain service. Okay, and this is the same in the market that they have on the display campaign that we all know about. But now it's combined with search. And I just think this is mind blowing because it combines the kind of in the market, find out who the person is, Facebook style to bring the the show full circle. But you combine it with keywords, search engine advertising. And you have two options here, Chris. Your first option is targeting or observation. Targeting is where someone has to be both. 
They have to look for your keywords. It has to be a search trigger by keyword and the word and they have to be in the market for whatever you choose them in the market for B. So what that'll do is that'll significantly limit your audience. And so we would recommend the other one to try out first is observation. And what observation does, Chris, it says, okay, if someone searches your keyword and it gets triggered by keyword search, we're going to show your ad like normal. But going into this section of AdWords audience, you'll be able to see the difference in data between when someone was not in your in-market audience that you added to observe versus when they are in the market. So what you can do here, Chris, is you can go, okay, target the keyword movers in Dallas, but I want to know if Google thinks someone is in the market for a move or a relocation. What are my click-through rates? What are my cost per click? What are my conversion rates? What's my cost per conversion if they're also in the market? And so what you're able to do is you're able to observe that data and then you can go, wow, if they're in the market and they're searching for one of my keywords, they convert at a way higher rate. I want to change that to targeting and only show up when someone searches a keyword and is in the market. So that's one way to look at it. Another way, Chris, is someone may go, okay, if they're searching movers in Dallas, why would you care what Google thinks they're in the market for? They're searching for your keyword. Well, what if they just did that search the first time that day and Google didn't think they were in the market for a mover? They might be high up in the funnel, even if they search a really deep in the funnel keyword. And so they might search moving companies in Dallas near me, but it might be the first day of their search and they're not even planning on calling a mover for another week. They're going to gather a list. But if they've been doing those searches over and over and over, if they've been visiting moving websites that have Google Analytics on them for a week, Google's going to put them in the market for a mover, and you're going to get those deeper in the funnel confirmed audiences and clicks. That's one way to look at it. The other way, Chris, if you and I both know it's so frustrating, someone could be selling moving company software, and they could do a search like the top 10 movers in Dallas to try to get a list to call and sell them, that person probably isn't in the in-market audience And so you can just avoid some clicks like that. But the final way, Chris, is to mix and match different um, in the markets and create different ad copy for them. So one thing we're doing with the house painter, we have one campaign for in the market for a, a painter. They actually have that in the market service. So that's spot on. But we also have another campaign where they're in the market for a new home or whatever that is, selling the house or whatever. And so we're able to tailor our ad copy house painting, uh, custom jobs, increase the value of your home when you sell it. Because we know that person is in the market to sell their home and they're searching for a house painter. So the options are kind of, there's a lot of options here, Chris. That's kind of how I've been looking at it so far. What's your impression of this kind of combination of in the market with keywords? I appreciate this. Jake, and, and Chris, this is interesting. I, I'm, a, I'm out on a limb here because I I need to go back and read the documentation. I need to make sure for sure how this works. But if you just look at the way it's set up and the way you add things, I'm pretty sure this is the way it works. So, guys, I've only been doing this for a few days. So if I'm wrong about it, give me some slack. But as I understand it, Chris, this is how it works. No, I, I think you're right uh, because there is two different types of targeting uh, when it comes to audiences because it works just like this in display. You can you can tell Google to combine all of the audience types, topics, keywords, and placements, or you can tell them to use them separately and match when they show independently. So I think this is this carries over from the display type of targeting. So I think you're exactly right. My guess is, but this is this is new to me. This is something I I don't think I was directly aware of how something like this worked. I knew that there was something to do, but I don't think I had applied it in the way that you 
had talked about it here in the past. I know I haven't applied it in the way that you talked about it here, but I like it. I've done the remarketing, like you said. You know, I put a remarketing list into a search campaign. We talked about that, gosh, I mean, over a year ago. I think we talked about it in one of the shows. Right. Um, super great way to just kind of reach out to high funnel. Yeah, previous- one, one of the ideas I got from you when you broke open your search, uh, remarketing search strategies, you had a great point there that I've never forgotten. You've said, okay, if someone's on your remarketing list, that means you can go broader with broader cheap keywords because you know they're interested in your business so i think it was uh i don't think i know everything because i have a great memory it was some kind of door selling company they make doors and so you were like okay you may have lost a client you know because you went on a cruise you know uh you know i'm just i'm just messing with you chris uh so they sell some kind of doors and you were like okay it's a certain kind of specific door that's the kind of keywords we need but when we do the remarketing on search You've tested out advertising on just the word doors, super cheap, cost per click, super broad, because you know they're on your remarketing list. And so you can kind of do the same thing here within market. If someone's in market, I may not target the word moving phrase match. Okay. I'll probably never target that on a regular search campaign, but if I know they're in the market for a move, I might target it on. And and if I have it locked down to people in the market. Yeah. I think you're hitting on something here because um, this could be a great discussion for us to do independently on an entire new show. Once we test this out, not a new show, a new episode, talk about using broad keywords with the targeting uh, method. Of what you're talking about. So the in-market, so essentially what it might look like, and this is something I want to test out and we can talk about it later, but have broad keywords with maybe a little bit higher bids than what we might do, target your normal geographic area, and then layer on top of that a in-market audience uh, based on the closest industry. So if it's for a dentist yeah. or an eye doctor or something like that, you know, it might be medical services or, or whatever. The, the so one thing with, with medical and legal, I think we always run into that, that privacy, HIPAA laws and all that, you know. That, that shouldn't be an issue because it, that's an issue for remarketing because it's a potential of sharing personal data. But this information is a just completely anonymous type of system. Chris, I think that is a... Like I'm looking through the things right now and I don't see medical or legal, but that's a great point. And I wish we, I hope Google hears us on that. Hey, we get it for display because you don't want someone to sit down after their spouse sits down and see a bunch of remarketing ads for some kind of medicine that they didn't know their spouse had a disease from or whatever. Or so divorce lawyer, if someone gets remarketed for divorce lawyer display ads and then the wife sits down and she's like, why do I see all these divorce lawyer ads? Uh, and I'm like, oh, honey, I'm an AdWords manager. I started yesterday. I'm just have a new client, you know? <laughs> wow. So we can see where that can come up on display. But on search, you're right, Chris. That would be amazing to have on search. And if someone's searching for it, it's more private. So yeah, uh, we, we would love to see that. But Chris, someone's in the market for SEO and SEM services. We could target the word AdWords broad Yeah. Uh, for our own businesses. I mean, just junk stuff. Just, I mean, like get yeah. traffic, you know, get leads, stuff like that. When you, anytime you can yeah. layer things across different types of networks and different types of targeting, that's when you can get really interesting results. Because when you have just, that's what I love about the display network. I don't think it works as great as it could, but I think the display network is really cool and unique in the way that you can you can layer in market and affinity and content and placement you can layer all these things together to create really complex you know groups that you can then target to so i'd welcome something like this in into search because i think it's it's just more to play with dude 
play around, try it out, just try it, try out, it out. You know what I'm saying, Chris? Try it out. Um, and try it out, get the whole min now. And anyway, uh, it's something to try it out, and you literally, Chris, can try it out because you can do observation instead of targeting, and you can just get data back on how that in market compares with people who are not in the market. And, and since it's in a separate targeting, you could pull bids down just for that one uh, observation in market yeah. separately. Yeah. As I understand it, yeah, you can observe and still do the bid adjustment. Yeah, so you could pull time. bids down 50%, so it's not as much of a risk. You know, if you don't have a, you have a high bid on the keyword and then set an observation over the top of that, bid that down 50%, yeah. and... I mean, you got you got something to play with there. So, Jason, I appreciate the new session that we can call Jason Trains Chris. We could call it that. I'm, I'm humble enough to accept that I don't know everything. And uh, that's good stuff for episode one. I like that. And that's the last episode we'll do with that. Yeah, that's and great. That's, that was a great you know, season. Don't bring that up again. Yeah, it's over. So, Chris, yeah, that's the end of the show, man. Um, we uh, we told everyone before the show to abuse the like button on mm-hmm. YouTube. If you're a podcast listener, I just want everyone to know, because I know there's a lot going on with Congress and people pass laws and they repeal laws and Supreme Court and all that. What? Because there's been some confusion about this, Chris. It is not illegal to review our spinoff show, the PPC Questions and Answers <laughs> show oh on gosh. iTunes. Because that freaking thing sits at eight reviews for like the last three months. And yeah. it's like, guys, I appreciate the reviews on the Paid Search Podcast, but come on. Can we get a review on the PPC Questions and Answers show? It's a good show, Chris. We answer people's direct questions. Yeah, that's a that's a great time to mention it, plus 30 minutes into the show. Like, there's four people out there uh listening still but uh anyway there's yeah. not four people Chris. i think we're I getting worse at ending the show like we used to be so professional and now it just kind of dies at the end don't you think that because i'll be honest with you it's just such a adrenaline dump yeah know? it's just like a dump, i don't like, yeah don't want dope. it to end you know yeah. yeah i mean we finally get to talk you oh, finally give me Chris. five minutes of time to chat and then you don't want it to be over all right, buddy. Well, I get back to your little. Oh, I'm so busy. They're filling out my form. Ah, I guess you've got you've got somewhere to go, Coach. Oh, by the way, everyone, let's start calling Chris Coach. Uh, so yeah, he's out of here, but he's he's the one who wins the show. So uh, he knows that. Bye bye. It's story time again, and we're talking about search engine marketing. Today, I'm going to tell you about a challenge within Pelican Case's B2B division. Pelican needed a partner with deep B2B expertise that could get them a massive bump in leads from their pay-per-click campaigns without increasing spend. After vetting a handful of agencies, they decided to go with Directive Consulting, a B2B search marketing agency located in Southern California. Directive took on this challenge by refining their targeting and building custom landing pages for their advertising efforts. Once implemented, they saw a 208% increase in conversion rate. Needless to say, Pelican cases met their initiative. And I have a hunch that Directive can get these kind of results for you too. So head over to directiveconsulting.com and request a totally free custom proposal. That's directiveconsulting.com.